my name is Andrew Walmsley and you're listening to episode 152 of Photography Insights. This is the show that interviews people from the photography world. And it's funny how my previous guests can influence my decisions over future shows. Kat Reichardt was someone I became friends with, so when she recommended Lena, I reached out straight away. Lena's work falls under the lemography field full of colour and alternative thinking. We began talking as she attended the Experimental Photo Festival in Barcelona. Well it turns out she took part too and had a workshop on multiple exposures. You can see how this type of work suits Lena as she thinks differently about using film. So wait till you hear about exposing both sides of the film or EBS as it's known. And her fun continues by using 35mm film canisters for pinhole photography. So in this one we discuss macro and contrast, still life, double exposure, EBS, solography, pinhole, roundabouts, peanut cans, washi film and film soaps. And there are links to her lemography profile and her Instagram. And of course, before we move on to the show, I'd like to thank the friends of the show as always, Steve at Chroma Camera, Pete at Static Age, and Dave at Film Dev. And please do watch out. I've just published an article um, about shooting in abandoned places. It's all to do with um, a gallery of photos from a guided tour I took place during last year. It's took me a while to um, put these together, but here we go. Finally ready for you all. It was also nice to shoot some um, Kodak portrait film, both uh, 116 400. Uh, so that gave me something different to work with. Shot a bit of flash, uh, and I've gone through in the article um, how I did this, um, the problems I had with it being an organised tour, and things like that. So I hope you do find this useful. So once again, a big thank to Kodak Alaris for their support, as always. I always think it's quite a cool thing to look around uh, these sort of abandoned places, but without having to do anything illegal like urbex and type thing. So I hope you do enjoy them. Um, the link is on the website. So don't forget, it's flogger.co.uk, and you can get to it from there. And you'll see it on my social feed. And at the minute I'd like to shout out to the FA Street, Do- Street Documentary team. Their latest um, zine is out. So please do check that out on Fistful of Books. And again you'll see a link on the show notes and on my Instagram. As for now, let's move you on to the show. And away our lovely guest, Lena. And welcome to the show, Lena. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for putting up with our technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't easy, but finally. 
yeah we finally get there uh, it's been interesting uh, we've just been talking off air um a little bit and um lena really comes from a different background so sometimes i say to people what is photography to you uh in the sense of is it is it your job um is it art is it therapy is it uh, is it a drug is it relaxation so what would it be to you for me now it would be art and therapy i would say yeah yeah mm, but I like not that. not not necessarily uh, combined it is both <laughs> <laughs> no that, that that's good because it, it can be you know multiple things for many people so at the minute this is fantastic therapy for me it allows me to relax and talk about something I, I obviously enjoy without even thinking about it mm-hmm. yeah for me it's like walking in the woods and walking wherever I walk with the cameras and just <laughs> like going into the uh, into the deepness of the macro, you know, like mm-hmm. I love macro um, captures, and so that is quite relaxing and and therapeutic in a way because I just mm. go into another universe by mm. uh, with the macro lenses and everything. Yeah, mm. I think that's the thing. Into um, macro can totally change your perspective of everything. Yes, I see the world different now. Totally. <laughs> yeah because i've always found that that different because i would say 99 percent of photographers i've interviewed have not been macro so we're talking about bigger landscapes maybe we're talking about people or things and then i spoke to someone who's uh, a couple of people that have done microscopic photography mm-hmm. uh, and they'll blow it up uh, mm-hmm. and you're like Obviously, you can't see this in everyday life. So, yeah. you know, to go macro and micro, it's totally different thinking. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I see the the macro is like you can also see it with your own eyes. Yeah, you don't go as deep as like with a microscope or something. Mm-hmm. You can still see it with your eyes. Um, yeah, and so it's just. It's just a very, very, very close perception, so to say. Yeah. When I, yeah, when I go, well, when you would ask me, like, what, uh, what shall we talk about when we talk about photography, or what would we talk about, like my photography, the first things, the first two words coming to my mind are macro and contrast. <laughs> this is okay. what I focus on whenever I run through the world now. Yeah. I see, oh, that could be a nice photo. Whenever there is like a strong shadow or something like this from far, yeah. Or when I see some some nice flower standing somewhere quite quite alone, I go like, oh, I need a macro of this flower. <laughs> yeah. This is the first things that come to my mind then. <laughs> yeah, you see that that that's nice, and this is why variety is good because mm-hmm. I might have been looking into the distance. Mm-hmm. And thinking, wow, but actually, people like yourself, uh, Robert Dash was uh, another one, he would be looking in the foreground, thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I've not seen that before, or, I want to take a picture of that. And you're just like, you know, how do you get round to thinking like that? Yeah, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I appreciate, yeah. like, 
these these landscape photography i've seen so many so beautiful ones hmm. and and well it's not my focus it's not what i what i work so much for. Hmm. so i really admire what these people do or people um photography uh, like they're capturing something like still lives hmm. it's like wow hmm. i think that is that word is existing in, in english isn't it still life yeah 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 Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's quite a different thing. I've never done still life mm-hmm. yet because I look around, say, Mel at my house and be like, I don't know what to take a picture of. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of things for sure for people yeah. that do uh, still life photography for sure. Yeah. We, maybe we don't have the eye for that. Not yet. No, exactly. I think that's it. It's either something you're interested in or it has to be more natural and you should never push it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with learning and um, maybe watching a friend do something because it might interest you then. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I think that's something that's helped me, obviously, through countless podcasts, um, but also, you know, real life meeting as well. Um, it's nice to work with other people so I've shown a lot of the work I've done with models now I've always talked about how insecure I was doing it and how nervous I was but I can deliver results but then they would be different to everyone else Um, if I'm forced into a situation sometimes I can just be creative but I can't plan the creativeness sometimes yeah I think it's very good to uh to accept that to realize and accept that like for all of us right yeah we can't force creativity none of us no. can <laughs> no no that's what it's all about um but i mean you've come from um a different background and you know we were talking earlier that we've both come from not having photography around us all our lives um mm-hmm. and, and then yours has come through um art hasn't it yeah Actually, yes. When I was studying uh, art therapy uh, quite some years back, I I shot with digital SLR cameras just, just mm-hmm. to document the, the works of, of art we did at that time. And before, <clears throat> I remember, not really clearly, but I remember there were some analog cameras in my family's, like in my family. I was not very close to them, to, not to my family, but to the cameras. Mm. So I was not really into photography, into cameras, um, as far as I can remember, until I started to document artworks. Hmm. And at some point, this digital SLR camera broke down. I think I, re- I, think I remember it broke down. And half a year later or something, I got my father's analog uh, D, uh, SLR camera and uh, then I started slowly but steady <laughs> to uh, explore the analog ways of photography. Yeah, so it wasn't in my in my background, in my family's background or something. Not at all. Mm. And <clears throat> I think it was at the at that time, when I when I got this analog camera from my father, I remember I was 
uh, in the internet, I saw these shadow split pictures, most of them maybe done by Photoshop, or e the most easy way, I think, is to do them by Photoshop. Like, hmm. there is like a, um, how is it, like a silhouette of a, of a oh, yeah, portrait. Yeah. And in this black silhouette, there was like a bushes or trees growing out of the heads of the people, stuff like this. Hmm. And I've seen these pictures, and I was like, come on, how is it possible to do the same in analog ways without knowing anything about photography, especially <laughs> about analog, <laughs> without a proper equipment, without a camera that has a multiple, uh, multiple exposure function, with hmm. no studio, no nothing. So let's, let's get it started. Let's find out how that works. That was my starting point about like double exposure. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. It's brave. It's really good. Yeah, it can be stupid and brave at the same time at the beginning, can't, can't it? Oh, definitely. And I, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I mean, you know, you, I think you can learn more from not having the gear than you can having everything. Yes. Because um, I know I struggled with a lot of digital gear at the beginning because mm. I didn't know how to work it. And it, it just sort of put me off and made me not want to use it. I see. Um, so that forced me back on using simple things. So most of the um, shots and lighting I do um, when I'm out is a one-pound umbrella um, and, you know, a cheap stand and one flash. Very good. Mm. Very good. Simplicity. flashes at all. I, because it's uh, technical. I have no idea about how to use a flash, to be honest. <laughs> But maybe I will find out another time. Well, if you're ever over here, we'll 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 play with it because. Um, oh yes. <laughs> I did some. So I walked around a, an old World War Two hospital. Oh, okay. So um, it basically there's a crumbled old manor house. There's literally just a shell left of it, and at the back of it is a World War Two um, hospital. There's nothing barely left of it it's like walls and there's a few rooms left um, it's a really big site you walk around it uh, very safe um, but at the end of the day it's um, you know 60 years old um, it's been left to rot so you're just looking at you know the things that are left over yeah. but there's some lovely things to photograph like um, in hospitals in this country they paint lines across the walls so that means it's a particular area. Oh, so right. let's say if it's A&E, it might have a red line. If mm -hmm. you're staying in, it could be like a yellow line. And you can find your way around the hospital. Mm -hmm. And some of them lines are still left with the words like surgery. Uh -huh. So, of course, you know, your photography, you've got a colour, you've got a leading line. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other little things. So there was a little area where there was a corridor all broken bits of um, bricks and everything all over the floor and a tree had grown up the middle of the mm -hmm. corridor and the light was just coming down because there was no roof left so yeah. it just lit it up and it oh it was beautiful oh wow just the, yeah. the imaginary now is already wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that so then um we walked into an old um shelter and I think it's where they had beds, but it, it's um, like a semicircle shape, very traditional of um, like aircraft hangars from the 
Second World War. Oh, yeah. So when you walk in there, it's extremely dark, um, covered in leaves from the trees all around. And I did what I said. So I wanted to take a picture of the whole thing. But knowing it's dark, I'm shooting film. And bear in mind, I'm on a walking tour, so I don't have a lot of time. So what I did was I took a flash. I put it at the far side of the hangar, put it on maximum, hid some leaves over it so no one could see it, and then just took a shot. Because oh, if idea. you put too much light in, you're always going to be able to pull it back. And it's a big space. So I knew there's no way could I have overexposed that shot and it come out lovely. It come out I like think, it was well lit. I believe you. So it hmm? seems I can learn a lot about using flashes from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was contacting Lena, um, she was going into this um, exhibition. So this uh, at Barcelona. So do you want to tell all our lovely listeners about it? Ah, about the Experimental Photo Festival in Barcelona. Mm. You're talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a lovely festival, um, providing exactly what it is in the name. Like it's it's all about experimental photography. So it's about alternative processes, about old processes as well. It's um, not only uh, analog, but I would say mainly analog uh, photography. Mm-hmm. But it's also open for digital ways, and um, yeah. And I've been there already at the first edition, which was um, in January 2020, as far as I remember. Okay. <clears throat> and so this summer was already the second edition, and the third one is planned for next summer. I think from 20 to 24th July. 2020 uh 2022 <laughs> sorry. sorry um yeah and it was um for the first like the first edition i've been only like participating and so this summer i was there also um giving workshops like uh for <clears throat> double and multiple exposure mm-hmm. and i was asked to be a part of an exhibition so one of my works was um was being part of an exhibition there and I was very thankful for this and when I entered this exhibition when I when I entered this the room it was like wow I feel so comfy in this collection you know it hmm. sometimes this is just happening you enter a room and see like pictures on the walls in that case uh, all um experimental photographer uh, photographies in different ways there was emulsion lifts of polaroids there was film soups there was like um, multiple exposures there were very many different things and all the colors and techniques there it was all feeling so comfy and i was like wow to be invited to be part of this is such a nice feeling like it was just being there was was so nice <laughs> yeah mm. so i was very thankful for this and yeah what can i say this festival like it is a community which is so supportive and so loving i can really recommend to have a look at it like also online there is this time this summer it was the first time also uh, um, available like as an online uh, festival there were Mm -hmm. workshops online and 
yeah, of course it will be live and like uh, in Barcelona uh, next summer. And this community is just, in my in my opinion, it's just it's just such a supportive and uplifting community. It's, it's really nice. All people are very open and. Um, the people organizing this festival are uh, really trying to to be completely transparent in their organization, in their um, like financial part. They try mm. to be very equal, like in in all matters, in gender equality and everything. So they even the all the workshops, no matter what technique, uh, are available for the same price. You know, like there is not okay. something like wet clay collodion. The chemicals are quite expensive, so normally these workshops are a bit more pricey than, yeah. for example, my double exposure workshop, which is um, like there's actually not much money for any special chemicals to pay. Yeah. So the way they do it is they uh, they offer all the workshops for the same price, which is really nice. So everyone, no matter how much money is available in, in his or her pocket yeah. can be part of any kind of workshop. It's very nice. Yeah. That's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I met stunning people there. <laughs> like really <laughs> lovely, lovely people with uh, funny ideas, with, uh, well, with uh, very good and very impressive ideas, like and with a lot of ambition all the time. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. Right. How much were the... Um... Um, the workshops then out of interest can you remember I actually, yeah I, I don't know precisely because this time I was I was um, giving the workshops I didn't I didn't yeah. even do a workshop I, I can't tell you any price at the moment okay. because if I say 50 now or 125 uh, it can be both completely wrong I think hmm. 125 was like the was like the ticket including one workshop if i'm not wrong something like this then like 125 or 150 euro okay. if i'm not completely wrong was uh, the ticket including one workshop and you could mm. go to as many conferences as you want as far as i know like they mm. were all open and if you wanted to book another workshop or two or three each of the workshops would have been like 50 or maybe 75 but i think like 50 euro more mm. But in the website of the Experimental Photo Festival, it's written clearly, completely. It's very easy yeah. to see them. So I'm sorry to be <laughs> to be not very precise about this. That's all right. No, that's cool. Sounds a a wonderful place. I I think I'd be lost with all <laughs> that magical stuff to do. I'd be like, oh. Yeah, it's easily to get lost, maybe, because uh, there is so many interesting things yeah. you would like not to miss. But hmm. yeah, it's maybe it's the challenge to, to do some decisions, you know, like, okay, hmm. ah, there is a conference and a workshop uh, at the same time, and I want to see both, but I can't. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but sometimes there is like, um, for example, also my workshop, I had like two at two different days. So... Hmm. Um, if there was a person that wanted to go to my workshop, but at the same time was some other interesting workshop or a conference or something, he or she could also uh, go to the second workshop of mine. You know, like yeah. he could organize 
him or herself <clears throat> to uh, to coordinate the program. Like mm. that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. did you teach people double exposure then? Yeah, I was talking. Yeah, I was trying to teach people to uh, to do double and multiple exposure. Like, mm -hmm. um, uh, well, how to say? I'm. I was not trying to teach. I was trying to explain what I investigated so far. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure if my way is like the correct way or uh, the best way or something like this. I just mm. did my investigations and, and shared them with the people. That was mm. really lovely. Yeah. Mm. That's really nice. Well, then that's what it should be because there's no such thing as art being a specific way, is there? No, and it was very nice because during the workshop, it's exactly what you said. There were coming very interesting questions from the people, um, you know, and and mm. ideas that I've never thought of. So mm -hmm. it was it was just it was really like like a, I don't know I, I'm missing words in English. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was very nice. Like it was like a collaboration more at times. Like at least in the in the last part of the workshop, it was like a discussion. It was really nice. It was good. Mm. Yeah. I, and even I, in one of my uh, conferences, I was also giving a conference about multiple exposure. I was talking about um, EBS technique, like turning the film, like exposing the film from both sides. Hmm. And I was trying to explain to people how to um, turn the film around. And then there was uh, somebody sitting in the in the audience, and he was. Uh, uh, telling that he he's got a completely different technique how to turn the film around and i was like oh wow. thank you for sharing it because it's it's so lovely to have new ideas and other possibilities like yeah, yeah. so how do you do how do you do your technique then for turning the, the film around well what i do is um i use an empty canister where there's just i i cut off uh like it was, it's not completely empty. There is still some piece of film coming out, right? Yep. So, and I cut, I cut the leader of the film I want to turn around. So I make mm -hmm. the the like a straight edge. Is it called straight edge? Yeah. I don't know. And this I glue to the little piece of film coming out of the other canister. Sure. Uh, well, I I glue it upside down. So it's ah, upside down. And then. Yeah, and then under at least four blankets or in a changing bag or something, I just uh, rewind the film on the uh, before empty spool. Um, mm. So it is then upside down. So mm. um, yeah, and the the person in the audience said he's doing the whole thing in the changing bag and doesn't need a second empty canister because he's just taking off the film completely, like off of the canister. Mm cutting it at the start, turning it around, gluing it, like all inside the uh, changing bag. <laughs> the other way around, gluing it on it again and spooling it, uh, like winding it back. back mm. So he's he's using just exactly the same canister and doesn't need a second one. But it's the same technique in essence, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a different way of getting there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know any other way how to manage to expose the film from the other side as well. Maybe if you build yourself a camera 
mm. that can also uh, expose the film from the back. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Or uh, you'd have to have a right to left camera. I don't know if anyone's ever built one that way. A right and left. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so to say, a camera with no back. Hmm. Or what are you talking about? Oh, so I, I get to right. So at the minute, all cameras go left to right, don't they? No, not all. There is. Oh, I don't have they? Some, I have two cameras going the other way around. Ah, okay. Yeah, there is the Rollei thirty-five T that is ah. going from the other side, for example. Okay. And there is cameras. Some Canon cameras do it. They take out the complete film when you insert it, and roll it completely to the other side, and then picture by picture, um, winding it or putting it back into the film. Yeah. So there is cameras doing this. I bet someone could alter the camera so you can put the reel in upside down. Yeah, that might be possible if you put a 35mm film into a medium format camera. Yeah. That way it might be possible. Yeah. But it's very hard to imagine without now, without a camera on hand, Mm. you know. (laughs) In front of you, you can just check it out directly. But that's great because, for me, this is the alternative side of, you know, this is a a piece of machinery you're supposed to use in this way, and then you get someone else like yourself go, right, let's change all that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's the most fun of it, isn't it? Oh, totally. I I love all that, Um, and it's why I've do a little bit of experimental stuff as well because I think it's important for us to play about with things learn learn about um, the constraints of whatever you're dealing with and turning that into something maybe artistic yeah and not not even necessarily artistic Um, I would love to quote my father at that time I Hmm. don't remember even when or with the like which topic it was about but he said whatever you do doesn't need necessarily to make sense the most important it is uh, it is fun that's nice <laughs> yeah it's really fun uh, it's really nice to say it's a good quote yeah it doesn't need to yeah. make sense necessarily most important is it's fun to have fun i i like that that um, i think yeah. I think that's so important. Um, the the fun stuff is, I think, sometimes lost on some of us because um, I think sometimes you can get so stuck into a project uh, that um, the fun can go if you're not careful. So yeah, and laughter. What does it say? Like laughter is the be- best doctor or something like this. Oh, or... best medicine. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. he can prove it. He's quite sick, and he is that for quite a while, and he never lost his humour. So, okay, <laughs> I think we oh, can rely good. on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. When when I saw like your Instagram, um, I was looking through the image, and I was thinking, you know, I've seen pinhole, and I've got some friends that are very good at it, but this mm. was more like I would call it like a soul, not a solar gram. Is it a solar gram? Solar graphy. 
Solography, that's the one, yeah, because it's um, light, isn't it? And movement of the earth, in essence. Yeah, it's the traces of the sun captured on on phototape, on black and white phototape. And it's different. So tell us about these then, because you you were doing these with um, film canisters, weren't you? Yeah, I'm working with the, like, is it film canister? It's, uh, It's the plastic things which uh which do which you get your film in wait i have one here i can show you uh these oh yeah just your plastic 35 mil the plastic canisters plastic yeah like your 35 mil thing film comes in yeah these ones exactly so that's tiny yeah these are tiny i don't know where is the hole here uh, I covered it because I didn't scan it yet. So um, <clears throat> I use these because I have them. Because uh, it's what we were talking about before. I uh, Why should I build something um, or buy something if I already have it? So yeah. what I do here is um, I, cut, uh, I cut a little hole somewhere more or less in the middle of yeah. this plastic thing. And I replace uh, the hole with a aluminium uh, piece of aluminium, like for example from a beer can or something, uh-huh. with a little pinhole in, and I fix it with electric tape, and clo- uh, put um, black and white photo paper in, and uh, close the whole story and hang it somewhere. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I learned to do this uh, as, uh, again on the experimental photo festival. And yeah. uh, if you want to get closer and and uh, learn more about it, maybe you can contact uh, Kume Kirschman. She's uh, from Argentina, as far as I remember. Hmm. And uh, she's the pro. She she knows exactly how to work with these things. It's super simple. It's made within minutes. And um, the good thing of the small size is that you can easily hide them when you put them in public, like when you mm. when you want to expose the sun somewhere in the public. So mm. I just um, I just harvested one of these little cameras, which was hanging in the middle of a roundabout for one and a half years now. <laughs> it is a very busy roundabout, so I could only put it there in the middle of the night and yeah. I harvested it also in the middle of the night because during the daytime it's impossible to get in the middle of the roundabout where I put it Yeah. <laughs> so do you tape it inside something in the roundabout then? How do, how yeah, do you attach it? There was some sign and mm-hmm. uh, I just attached it with the oh I don't know the English word, like these plastic straps where you oh, okay, put, yeah, yeah. put cables or something with, hmm. it, with these plastic straps I, I <laughs> It was nice and fine. <laughs> it's it's yeah. great. I, I I love this um, idea because this is the fun stuff. Absolutely, and the results are just stunning. The only problem with the with the size of the small size is like uh, we know from from physics from photography, um, the bigger the distance between um, the the hole, like the lens or the pinhole in that case, hmm. and the paper. Um, 
the bigger the distance, the sharper the image gets, right? Ah. So with the, this small distance, it's not super sharp. Hmm. Like the like the the lines of the sun, uh, the traces of the sun are like burnt in the paper, so to say. They come hmm. like pitch black on the paper then. Hmm. Uh, so this is easy and it doesn't need to be much sharper but there is people uh, doing these solar graphies and uh, like in the city they, they put the cat like this pinhole camera somewhere and when when they uh, scan the, the picture when it's when they take the camera back home and scan hmm. the picture and then invert it in, in like GIMP or Photoshop or something hmm. um, and then they um, they are very well doing with these programs and you can see like the houses you can see what is written on the houses you can see the windows even if there is a plant inside the like on the other side of the window standing in wow the this is just incredible i can't do it because i'm not a pro in these programs um hmm. but i'm i don't know but i think these people use at least beer cans like for, for yeah the, for doing the the solographies because the distance is a bit bigger bit, yeah the pinhole and the paper in the back so i guess but i don't know maybe they also <laughs> the small ones and maybe maybe they just do very well with these uh, programs it's, it's yeah. a lovely technique it's so much fun but you need to have notes in my opinion you need to make like little maybe you can see it here i have numbers on the uh, on the canisters and I yeah. write down on a piece of paper uh, where I put the camera because if you see here is number 79 yeah. and if you have like almost 100 cameras you should have notes where you have your camera because otherwise you might forget to have some mm, yeah that's a good point actually yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's Beautiful. worth trying, actually. I might just try and get one up in my garden or something. Yeah, you can do it. Just be careful and um, uh, check out where it's uh, south. Because if if the pinhole is pointing direct to north, you will not have any trace of the sun. Okay, so point south. Just... Uh, no, that's cool, it's... yeah. And it's a miracle because... Um, many people are asking, I remember you were asking as well, uh, like in, in your email, uh, how is it possible uh, to get color out of a black and white uh, photo paper? Yeah. I don't know. I think none of us knows. I've, I asked some people and nobody knows yet. But when you, <laughs> when, you, when you get these cameras back after the long exposure of some weeks or months or years even, hmm. and when you take it out, um, at home, like with red light or at least not not daylight, hmm. you can already see on the paper that you're just taking out of the camera that there is some color, some various colors. Often it's hmm. coming like a bit orange um, or yellow or something. You can see there is color and nobody, as far as I know, nobody knows how is that possible. It's magic. <laughs> magic. Well, that's... Uh... Let's not shatter that. I think let's leave it in magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've got to move on to some of other work. Now, I saw these pictures and you've put, you've made these pictures with empty peanuts. 
No, with, with a can, there was the peanuts inside. So we ate the peanuts. And yeah. There was this empty tin can. That was actually yeah. the um, uh, uh, the pinhole camera. I just, was, you know, it was not the film canister. In that case, yeah. it was a um, an aluminium that's, can. That's a good idea. Yeah, and uh, the picture you've seen uh, is with a lot of reflections, and that is due to the um, to like the the tin, like the the inside of this. Uh, yeah. of the can which is uh, reflective as long as you do not paint it black or spray it black it will stay reflective so whenever the sun hits hits some point in the in this tin can yeah reflecting itself like you'll have reflection reflection yeah yeah exactly and this way it gets very interesting and uncontrollable results or at least for me uncontrollable <laughs> oh imagine doing that on a big scale if you have like a big box or something yeah. that'd be interesting and, and one of the other things i really like was this um like panoramic sort of uh, um shots you've got uh they're obviously multiple exposure the black and white ones yeah i know which ones you're talking about so was that washer film you was using? Uh, the ones uh, you were you were talking about, or oh, you you um, you mean? I think it is washer films. Yes, hmm. I really really like one, but hmm. uh, this technique is not uh, dependent on washer films. You can, I can do it with any film, any okay. black and white color slide. It doesn't matter. But yeah, the washer films are really lovely. And I have no, I have really no idea how these are getting made. Hmm. I really like them. Some, I didn't try all of them yet, but I love the. I think it was the fifty um, ISO one. I really like for the, for the very strong contrast. Like it's almost black and white only. There's almost no grey in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's, it. Yeah, washy yes. That's the one. Yeah, ah, it's, it's the yeah. sound sound recording film. I'm a massive fan of Washi film. Um, Low Mig's actually been on the show. Uh, sorry again. Uh, Low Mig from Washi's actually yeah. been on. <gasps> I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I need yeah, to he's a really lovely guy. Yeah, um, it, he's the thing is he's um, he's not into photography. <laughs> so bless him because he doesn't have time. I see. <laughs> he just spends all day. He, he literally is a one man um, factory. Incredible, really? Yeah. Oh, and um, he's a father as well. So, you know, we had to fit it in around him. And he's like, you know, I, I literally spend all day in the dark with old technology that I could literally slice my arm off with. It was <laughs> ever so interesting. <laughs> wow. I really need to check out this talk. Mm-hmm. He's very interesting. Very interesting guy. He's very um over here we would call him a mad inventor. <laughs> and he's really well known for it. Uh, a lot of the people <laughs> that I've met him said he, he really is like that because he he has a different approach because he said um like because he's working in the dark in France they're not allowed to buy infrared goggles. Oh. Um so he just built his own. <gasps> no way. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're like, yeah, that, that's low, Meg. Um, Very interesting. We've done a project together, actually, um, with one of his films. So I'm, I'm actually still waiting for the results. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to chase him up, actually. So you were uh, shooting, like you were sharing the film, so to say. Yeah, um, he built me a um, a one-shot camera with 72 exposures. Mm, and I sent it round. I got uh, 15 or 20 people registered around the UK, a couple in France. And I just we took it in turn shooting three or four photos. Oh, I really like this. I had a similar idea. And I really like mm. that you already uh, did this. Oh, that mm. is so nice. So, like, this is a shared film with a lot, like, plenty yeah. of people, not only three or four, just yeah, it's, many. Honestly, it's definitely worth doing. I've done three of them. Mm. Um, first two were my own cameras. First one went really well. Um, I did a little e-book about it. I put some stats in it about how far it travelled mm-hmm. uh, and how long it took and some of the images. Uh, <gasps> the second one, the camera... Uh, is still in America. Um, we we had to quit the project because it just um, it got too stupid expense wise. Um, we had issues, okay, um, okay. but it travelled so many miles. This camera, it was unbelievable. Um, oh, I think it so did fifty nice. to sixty thousand miles of travel. Wow. Um. And it even came back to my door and I refused to pay the tax. <laughs> so they sent it back to America. No way. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. I was like, it's my camera. I'm not yeah. paying to yeah. import it. And <laughs> my mate said, what do you want to do with it? I said, well, you'll just have to keep it. There's just no point. Um, Is it like uh, uh, the film completely ex- uh, exposed now? Yeah, we we got it. He got it developed for me. Um, okay. So in the end, I think there was only five photographers. Okay. In the end, um, but it was good because it involved some of the important people, um, some of the first people that I'd ever met in on Instagram, and a couple of being on the show. Um, but they're all still friends. Every single one of them. Oh, very nice. Mm. I like I like really much that you already did a project like this. I was thinking about let's capture chickens all over the world, and uh, with yeah. a, with a camera like this, like a a one one time use camera. So that's a brilliant idea. Something like this, and you yeah. you did a similar like it wasn't about chickens, but <laughs> you were sending <laughs> a camera around the world from person yeah. to person. It was really lovely. Very yeah, lovely. I think. I think the the important thing is to have an idea like that because it helps people knowing they have to shoot a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, they will keep the camera for years and they'll forget it. So, yeah. yeah. If you ever fancy doing it, let me know and I'll give you some um, advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you. So I'd definitely much. be up for it. Yeah, I'd do it. It's <laughs> it's, it's great fun. I, I've met a few people that have done it. Um, and there's been a lot of issues, so I'd probably narrow it down to a certain area or yeah. send it off and forget about it. Yeah, that's also a good idea. Hmm. <laughs> Just uh, let it do whatever it will do, the camera and the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, I'm I'm doing the film with four people uh, yet, you know, like 
each like with film swap everybody is shooting oh, yeah. sleep roll uh, in his or her her own camera uh, and then send it to the next person so we were like the maximum hmm. we have for now is like four people involved um, that's cool but, yeah but so it's like a quadruple exposure right so the, it's, not uh, double, yeah. it's like four times exposed the old time. can be very interesting and also very challenging to look uh, to, look in, to look at because it's a lot mm. going on in these pictures. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, especially if you're shooting different things, yeah. Yeah, totally random. <laughs> but this is this is what I like, and, you know, like, you've tried watch your film. It, it's used for different purposes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there's different film for everything, isn't there? Um, some would really shoot colour, some, some really shoots um, out-of-date film. Um <laughs> Yeah, something for everyone. Absolutely. And well, it... and you can also just mix it all together, right? I mean, you can just take the risk and use the one film which is actually made for something else, and use it for another thing. You can. Just, oh yeah. You can just mix it all. <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm I'm hoping to experiment a little bit more with. Uh, so I've got some, um, I've had processed and scanned. Um, because of the high resolution, I wanted to do a bit of architecture with it. So I've done a bit of that. Um, no one's really seen that yet. So uh, at some point, I'll be writing about that. But I've also used Washi S for portraiture. Ooh. Ooh. So you have to be very, very careful with your exposure there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's so low grain. It's totally suitable for faces. That must be very interesting. Mm, mm, yeah, I love that. I even did prints. Yeah. Ah, we did prints. Was it the uh, as I as I said before the washi s? Was that the one which is almost like black and white with a little with a yes. very little part of grey, like shadows in it? Yeah. Wow, for portrait, I can imagine it must be very nice, especially with very wrinkly old people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, you just got to really control your light. I learned a lot from shooting it in that sense. Uh, it was really oh, tough. Really yeah, uh, I've got something I want to do with it. Um, that's going to take some practice and years. I might not even do it. It it depends. So. I've always got ideas what I want to do with things, so it's not so bad. Very um, good that you have so many ideas. Mm, I think you have to. And it's why I like looking at all these different things. So, you know, like lamography to some people is a complete joke. But mm-hmm. to some of us, it's it's the fun side. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And, you know, you should embrace everything. Yeah. It's... I really love some of these images. I mean, this image of um, a person's head and you've got, I don't know whether it's grass in it or um, something microscopic. It could be anything, but it's a double exposure and it's gone like blue. Uh, the macro, it was a triple exposure though. Wow. It was, it was a shadow split of this lady's head. Yeah, it was like the lady's hair, like as a silhouette, more or less against the sun, and 
Then I was in the woods and shooting the trees with something called like a speed filter or coking. Mm -hmm. Stretching the stems of the trees. And in a macro a macro shot of I don't remember properly something. Flowers or yeah, I think it was flowers. A macro shot. So wow. the whole film there was a time uh I tried to I tried to do double or multiple exposure with um, some special color um, color spectrum. So that film was completely like in bluish to violet colors. Hmm. And another film which I shot in the same period of time was all red, orange, yellow. And another one was more greenish. So that was... Um, I used color filters as well for this, of course. Yeah, that was. Wow. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, and I, I would, I want to try uh, this again. Uh, for the sake of doing less contrasty doubles, because I'm always so much into this contrast. You know, yeah. To, to give, like when you have a silhouette, you can feel the silhouette with something else. Like this is hmm. more or less the whole idea of the contrast thing. So whenever hmm. there is some strong light, it will the the film will be will be like burned out at that part and in the dark areas there is room for the next uh or third exposure, whatever. And I'm totally in this contrast story. So I was trying to find out if I can also do less contrasty um doubles or multiples and I was yeah. thinking how to get that because I need the contrast otherwise mm. you know and so I thought okay we can go a little less contrasty with colors if all the frames have like similar colors huh. like all the layers of the frame or we could also go like uh, thematic wise like if the topics of the different layers have a less opposite character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is in this project. That, uh, in this, in this idea, this one. It's yeah. it's really nice. I I like the idea that you're not just mixing multiple shots, but you're mixing different techniques as well. You know, filters, macro. That, yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Well, I was, um, yeah, I was. First, I was doing a lot of random double exposure. So I shot the roll once, like the end. This is what, how I always work. Like I shoot the entire roll mm -hmm. times or three times. So it's not mm -hmm. that I do double exposure on one frame directly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is only one camera I can do it with, but it's not my not my way. I do it, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, yeah, and so I did it a lot of times, like randomly, many, many rows of film. And there was only like one or two pictures maximum each film that I was very happy with, or at least a bit happy with. And when I started to um, to go with topics, like, okay, let's... Um, shoot only flowers for the first layer and only architecture for the second layer uh, or you know like give the layers some topics and themes it got already better like the results 
the, the numbers of nice and satisfying results are better for me. So hmm. for me, that was a, a big step to not go random, give it a vague plan. Yeah. And then the this uh, first edition of this experimental photo festival in January 2020 happened. And there I had a workshop about um, using effect filters and color filters also. And I had a workshop about film soups. And these two workshops definitely changed my um, uh, my work in photography ways because hmm. I had more tools, more tools in hand. You know? Yeah. That's I right. Not only choose the angle or the lens, I had filters to to change everything with. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think this is it, uh, and I know some people really love going workshops as much as they can because they're great for learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, experimenting at home. So if you've come across something, you know, try it because yeah. the more tools the better isn't it absolutely. Mm. absolutely yeah and yeah so this is what is actually um what i'm doing i realized this well i was doing it already and preparing my own workshops for this year's festival mm-hmm. um, i realized what i'm doing you know like by preparing your workshop or preparing like your presentation you yeah. realize what you are actually doing. Hmm. At least for me, it was like this. Hmm. And then I realized, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm really like, I'm testing the, the limits of chance and luck. <laughs> I'm just combining as many uncertainties as possible. Right? Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to, like the, the latest films, like the recent films, which are not even developed yet. I really, I try to um, try to combine filters, um, shadow split, macro, um, uh, EBS, like exposing the film from the other side, plus film soup, plus whatever. I mean, just <laughs> give it all, give it all a go at the same time. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that sounds difficult. Yeah, and. Well, it is not so much difficult. It is just it needs time. Yeah, uh, of course. And, uh, and in the end, you never know if this, if all this alchemistry will work out together or mm. if not. It's really uh, you have to believe in chance. <laughs> it's nice chance to be kind. <laughs> I, th- I think it's nice. Yeah. Well, I think we're through the formal part, Lena. So. I think what we need to do is tell everybody where we can find your work online. Mm. Uh, yeah, of course, as I said, uh, I'm on Instagram. And on Instagram, my name is uh, Lalu Photography. So um, L-A-L-O-U-V-E Photography. Um, and yeah, you can also find me on Lomography which is my Lomo home there is as well, La Louvre. And yeah, I have no website yet. So this is at the moment the easiest way to find me. No, that's fine. Might be in progress, hopefully soon. 
<laughs> no, that's cool. And we'll put the links in the show notes for everyone anyway, so oh, cool. well, makes you. it easier, doesn't it? Um, my final question then, so I do this pay it forward scheme. Um, is there anyone you think I should be checking out their work and maybe think about them for a future episode? Yes, definitely. I mentioned uh, her already. Okay. It's uh, Kime Kirschman. She is such a lovely, lovely person. And if you want to get to know more about sonography and this special kind of pinhole camera um, works, um, she is the master of the sun, like the not the queen of the sun in that <laughs> uh, in that case. Yeah, I would recommend. Uh, contact her. No, that's cool. Oh, no, that's great. If you can um, pop me your details, that'd be great. Whether it's Instagram or whatever link, yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. and I'll send you some links as well. So uh, I'm sure they'll help you. But I all I can say is, always. well, I really do appreciate your timeline. Um, you certainly helped cheer me up. It's it's been really yeah. nice talking. I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for your time as well. No, no problem. I'll be telling Kat um, we've been talking and got you on the show, so um, I'll tag her in as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed um, interviewing. Please don't forget if you want to get involved, I'm starting to put out there on social media uh, the list of guests for that week. You are welcome to submit any questions you want to ask and uh, hopefully I'll read them out for you. Whether you want to do that through Instagram, um, direct message, you can just click, if you click on the direct message bit, uh, there's a button there and you can record and send that right across. Uh, but there's many apps you can do. Or email me or send me a DM on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. That's cool with me. For those of you who want to support the show, please don't forget. uh, iTunes reviews are always appreciated. And obviously I will read them out uh, the following week for you. And I tend to use them on social media. So that's all very much appreciated. If you'd like to help contribute towards the show, And don't forget there's my coffee page where you can submit anything from $1 a pound or upwards. And I'll keep a note on there what I'm trying to achieve um, as the months and years go by. For those who want to keep coming back to the show, don't forget you can just subscribe in your friendly podcast app of choice. And there's a weekly newsletter on my website flogger.co.uk so that's p-h-l-o-g-g-e-r and you'll get an automated email from me and that tells you each week uh, what's gone up on the website so it's the podcast and any articles I've wrote so yeah thank you so much and I'll see you again soon bye